if you're one of these people who is struggling to be consistent with your nutrition, like you seem to have a healthy half a day and then fall apart in the afternoon or fall apart in the evening or fall apart in the weekend or fall apart by Thursday, this episode is for you. By the end of this episode, you're going to understand why that's happening and some very great steps that will absolutely work to help you stop that self-sabotage cycle. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Welcome back to the Period Whisperer podcast. It's Bria here. This is episode 161, which I just am mind blown about. You know, when I started this podcast a year and a half ago, I remember thinking that I couldn't imagine even getting to episode 100. So to be at 161, to have met so many incredible women through the podcast, to hear your messages to me just really fuels this for me and helps me realize how important it is for us to flip the script on perimenopause to educate us. Because, you know, before I got slammed in perimenopause, I was in the health and wellness business for like 12 years. And if I didn't know this stuff, how on earth is anyone else ever going to know this stuff when they have a career that's not in the health and wellness field? So I'm, I'm beyond grateful and honored for you for listening right now. I, how are you feeling? How are you feeling in your body today? I always like to ask that question. I, I want to remind you to tune in and hear what she's saying, not how you think you're feeling, not how you think you should feeling, be feeling. How does your body actually feel? What's she telling you? I know for me, I am riding my follicular phase high. So your follicular phase, if you haven't caught any of my earlier episodes or if you're new here, is that time that comes typically, like not typically, right after when you would have a bleed. So your period ends and you head into this, you know, I like to think of it as the springtime of your body when your your estrogen begins to rise. So you're getting this energy back. We often feel like we can handle it all. We can do it all. And really, in some ways, we can. We can do a lot more in these next two weeks, these next 16 days than we can the other, the other two weeks of our month, for example, because we have a lower metabolism, because our natural cortisol levels are lowered. So we have less of an energy demand on our body right now, which gives us more energy. So I'm riding that follicular phase high. This is the time when I, you know, like to start pushing further in my workouts again and start lifting weights again after taking a good week long break. And um, when I, you know, can can really like push myself a little further in my career, in my relationships, in my focus, because that energy is there. 
But today, I want to talk to you about something that I think is so important. You know, wasn't that long ago for me when I was smack in the middle of all of this, all of this frustration of not sleeping well, of gaining weight I didn't deserve, of of feeling like there's no way I could possibly do more to keep to keep being quote unquote healthy when I was spiraling down into feeling awful. Um, I I would, my, this is what my day would look like. So it wasn't that long ago where I, you know, I'd wake up at 4.30 AM. I would um, do a fasted workout after having like a pre-workout. So caffeinate up, do a fasted workout. I felt so proud of myself for crushing it through. It'd be something intense, high intensity interval training, really heavy, you know, lifting with an elevated heart rate. Uh, and and always for about 40 to 45 minutes, sometimes more, rarely less, six days a week. So I would have this fasted workout. I would was following intermittent fasting because it was really big and becoming all the rage. And um, I would, you know, plan this healthy lunch and I'd eat my healthy lunch. But then like two hours after my lunch, around 2 or 3 p.m., I would completely fall apart. It would be like I would just start to feel myself drag and, you know, feel a little overwhelmed or feel a bit brain foggy or feel a little tired. And I would, you know, find myself typically in the pantry, like scrounging around for for, for like chocolate chips was always my often go-to. But you know what was funny is sometimes I would convince myself, well, maybe I'm just hungry and I would have something else that I would quote unquote feel as healthy. Like I would even just, maybe I would start with an apple and peanut butter, but then inevitably that like that deep need for the sugar would override. So not only would I have then eaten my lunch and then eaten like two or three quote unquote healthy snacks, but then I would still end up having, having the chocolate chips. If this has ever happened to you, I'd love to know. So it was just a frustrating thing. I remember finally getting to a point where I was like, oh, what's the point? I might as well not eat all this other stuff when what I really want is the sugar. But I was never one to have a lot of nighttime sugar cravings. I've always been like an early morning person, early to bed person. So I've never been a big nighttime eater, but I hear this from my clients all the time. You know, either they're falling apart in the afternoon or they're falling apart in the evening. Um, Or for me, also the weekends would become this huge, like this free for all. Oh, it's the weekend. I've worked hard all week. I deserve to do whatever and not think about it. And I would call it balance. So like one slip, right? One slip, and sometimes I'd make it till Thursday. One slip in this would just turn into a snowball effect of crappy food. And then when you've eaten a bunch of crappy food, not only do you physically feel crappy, but then comes that like those that awful shame spiral in your mind, like as you're falling asleep at night or when you're awake at 2 to 4 a.m. and your mind's grinding away or first thing in the morning when you're like, not today, you know. And when I think about it, honestly... I feel sad for that girl. I mean, we all go through things and learn and grow, right? But I I am happy to say I'm in a place in my life after doing this work with my hormones, after understanding what is really happening in perimenopause and learning my hormones and hearing the whispers of my body and healing them, that food is not a problem for me. I don't think about it the same way I used to. It doesn't consume me. Um, It doesn't, you know, it's not, I don't feel like I'm going without if I don't have something. It's really the, one of the most freeing things 
there's two really freeing things that happen when you heal your hormones. One is that you are no longer shackled by food, by like calories or what you're consuming or how much you ate or how much you shouldn't have eaten or what you did or what you didn't do, which is just such a mental load. But when your body does release weight, you're no longer shackled by that, the weight of like, what am I going to wear? I don't feel really good. Do I look bad in this? Is this, you know, is this like, does this cover this up? Like taking 30 minutes to get dressed in the morning. It was such an exhaustive state. And those are two really amazing wins that happen when you hear the whispers of your body, when you heal this piece. So this episode is for you. If you've ever been in that situation where you, you know, you're crushing it, you're doing really well. And then like the afternoon hits or the evening hits or the weekend hits and, and you are unable to create consistent momentum and you can't figure out why, except that you're just beating yourself up about it, right? Because we know that when you're dealing with inflammation in the body, and this is really, really important. I always feel like I need to repeat this to everyone I meet like 72 times, Sorry, I have, I have a an issue with over-exaggerating the amount of times. But this is, if, I, if you take nothing else away from this episode, hear this. When you're struggling with inflammation in the body, when you get on the scale and you see it go up that day, and then you see it go up the next day, and then maybe down and then up again, and then maybe down and then up again, we don't gain fat that quickly. That's inflammation. On any given day, this is, I don't weigh myself regularly, but on any given day, if I were to weigh myself, because I used to, my weight would fluctuate three to five pounds, and which is a significant up and down and up and down. And, and there's, I could go into, a, I think I've done a whole episode on why I don't weigh myself very often and why it's such a terrible marker for your success. But inflammation and which happens when we work out, when we eat something that bothers us, when, you know, we have dysregulated blood sugar, when we are sick with something and have an acute issue, when, you know, there's like um, when we have our, our cycle, right? When a million things are happening, the body does have a bit of an inflammatory response, which adds more cortisol to our system, which makes things harder, but we retain water. So it, it, it makes us heavier. It's a natural thing. So what you gain and lose up and down each day over a week is mostly inflammation. This is why it takes eight to 12 weeks of healing so that your body can exhale, heal the inflammation, and actually get into fat burning. So it's really important to wrap your mind around that because as humans, we grossly overestimate what we can accomplish in a small period of time and significantly underestimate what we can accomplish over three months, six months, and 12 months when you just stay the course. So I wanted to share with you today, you know, three, three, three reasons why this, it's hard to be consistent, like why you're falling off the wagon every day in the afternoon, every evening, every weekend, um, that, that will help you understand and, and hopefully make some changes. I'm going to give you some real tangible things you can do to make those changes to make this easier on you. Because when you get consistent, when you understand these things and when you get consistent with your healing, with your hormones, with your, you know, with, with what you need to do to actually heal and feel great and be aligned with your hormones, then 
weight release becomes really easy and also something you don't have to obsess over, which I think is so valuable. As women, we have so much to offer this world and we simply cannot reach our potential if we are consumed by trying to lose weight, if we're consumed by being smaller, if we're consumed by how we feel because we feel like junk. Can I get an amen? So here are the three potential, or I'm not even gonna say potential, three things that are happening, and it can be all three of these things for you. It was definitely all three of these things for me at one point in time, Um, but I see this in my clients, I hear it from all the time, it's always at least one of these, often it's two, sometimes it's all three. So number one, if you're taking notes, this is the time. The number one reason why that impacts your ability to be consistent with your nutrition, because nutrition plays a massive role, right, in our ability to feel good, to heal, to sleep well, to release weight, to have a libido, is that you're not eating for your energy demand. So let's talk about your energy demand. Perimenopause alone creates a greater energy demand on your body. Whenever I talk about energy supply and demand, I I think back to my economics class in first year university that I just desperately never wanted to go to. But (laughs) I now fully understand supply and demand. But let's talk about energy supply and demand in our body. So perimenopause is, is is a new job that our body is doing, right? It's going through this reverse puberty. It's got another task that it doesn't usually have to handle. And so that adds a greater energetic demand on our body. That means the body needs more to meet the energy demand, right? Otherwise, if there's too much demand and not enough supply, guess what happens? We have cravings, we feel exhausted, we have brain fog, we're unable to get pregnant. For example, if you are still trying to do that, you don't have much of a libido because libido requires energy, right? So our, our, your intense workouts, right? And not just, not functional movement, but intense workouts require energy demand. Not sleeping enough is, creates a greater energetic demand. And, and let's look at this. We, our energy supply comes from what we eat right? And it can also be an energy suck, right? If what you're eating is inflammatory to your body, or if you're drinking alcohol, or you're drinking too much caffeine, or you're having sugar, or you're, you know, you're eating gluten when you're gluten sensitive, that creates an inflammatory response in the body, and it becomes a greater energetic demand. So nutrition can go either way, but we get energy from quality nutrition, nutrition, nutritious food, functional movement like walking, like stretching and yoga. We get it from sleep, of course, and we get it from fun and pleasure, right? And you know this because think about when you fell in love, Do you remember that time when you fall in love and it's like, you're just not even hungry. Like you're just fueled by this excitement, this electric energy that flows through your body. Or think about when you go to a concert and you're so excited and there's all that energy of people around you. You're having so much fun with your friends. You get energy from fun, from joy, from pleasure. So we we need to understand this is where we get our, our energy from, whereas stress Intense workouts, skipping meals, living in a stress state of fight or flight at all times, not getting seven to nine hours of sleep, which is a tricky thing, right? Because the fact is our hormones are shifting and that does sometimes impact our sleep a little bit. But, you know, if we're not getting enough sleep, 
Um, if we're never relaxing or having leisure time, if you're not having fun, if you're always rushing, these things are our energy. These things demand energy. They require energy. So they create a greater energy demand in your body. And here we are at the time of the recording of this episode. We're heading into the holiday season. And we know as we head into the holidays, there's shopping, there's parties, there's cookies, there's memory making, there's all these things that we wrapping that we need to do in additional. So now we have this even more significant energetic demand. And depending on what you do for your career, it might be a busy season, wrapping up Q4, wrapping up the year. So all of these things are happening and they're creating a much greater energy demand. So if you're feeling good in the morning or you're like determined, you're able to be determined in the morning because you have hours of sleep behind you. Even if they were crappy sleep, even if you were up for two of your eight hours, you still have six hours of energy supply behind you. So you can, you know, skip your breakfast and do your workout and then... But then inevitably you hit a point in the day where you don't have that sleep energy behind you. You now probably don't have a very good quality nutrition, which is another huge way of supporting our our sleep. You've maybe done too much fitness or no movement at all. So now we don't have energy from that. And we're in the thick of our day, right? The school's calling about stuff your child needs. Maybe it was that disaster morning drop-off that happens all the time. You know, maybe you know, work is getting stressful, you got piled something else on there. Regardless, now we're reaching this midpoint of our day and we are tapped out. The body has nothing left. We've now emptied our energy stores. So it is no wonder that we hit the afternoon and we slide into things like cravings or brain fog or, um, or just, or crankiness or added stress because we're at we have not, nothing left in our reserve. And the body recognizes that this happens. And a couple of things that are important to understand here, the, the body will always, and the brain will always recognize and try to keep us alive. They're like, oh gosh, we need energy. So it ramps up this craving and it knows that we are starving, like the fastest way to get energy is sugar. It's the fastest way of energy in the body. So that's what it craves. Nobody's craving carrots in the afternoon when they're exhausted or broccoli, right? We're craving sugar in some form of another. And the other piece that I think is always, you know, really important to understand is that when we reach that time of the day and the brain is like, I'm tired. I need some energy to keep this body going here. I'm going to reach for these, you know, these, I need things. We cannot override that, right? And it, again, it adds a greater workload to our body, further depressing the body, further depressing our metabolism. So the more we do this habit of, of running out of energy in the day of like depleting our stores, the more the body's like, well, I need to be prepared for it because it's brilliant. Our body and our brain is brilliant. So what does it do? It suppresses our fat, our, our metabolism and amps up our fat storage. So now we're in this state where I have clients who like were barely even eating a thousand calories and they're gaining weight because the body knows, oh gosh, this is going to happen every single day now. I need to prepare for it. And then that's what it does in order to accommodate your energy demand. So some, of course, some of, as I said, some of our most common habits we reach for when our energy is dipping or when we're hitting that slump in the afternoon or some people who make it to the evening or we make it to the weekend is caffeine, which 
what do you know? Spikes cortisol, adding a greater workload to the body. Um, alcohol, that's a really, really common one for us at the end of the day, which guess what? Spikes cortisol and adds a greater workload. We reach for sugar in many forms, right? Chips, chocolate, whatever, those all turn into sugar in the body. It's all the same to the body. And the and, and they're the most highly addictive things. We know this, right? There are many, many studies that show us that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. So if you have no energy and your body needs that demand and you have a little bit of sugar, what do you think is going to happen? It's just going to go for more and go for more. And this is why it's almost hard to stop if that's ever happened. I've definitely eaten so many chocolate chips or M&Ms or old Halloween candy from my kids' Halloween bags from like months before that I feel sick because you can't stop because it's that addictive to our body and the body's like hungry and starving for it because we've depleted it from its energy, right? This is why, you know, this whole understanding of how our our requirement for energetic demands is why I do not love or recommend intermittent fasting for women in, in a massive way. I think there's a lot of really beautiful benefits to fasting and we do see those, but not in the morning. We've in the morning you would have fasted for 12 hours at least already. Even if you're eating until 8 p.m. at night, you know, if you if you're not eating again at 8 a.m. by 8 a.m. in the morning. That's 12 hours you haven't eaten. That's 12 hours you don't have. And probably if you're eating until 8 p.m. at night, you're not getting really good quality sleep. So your energy supplies are drained. If Here's my little caveat. If you are really big into intermittent fasting and you believe it, but you're not seeing results, I really recommend starting your day, eating your good breakfast within two hours of waking, eating your lunch four to five hours later, and like, look, have dinner at 5 p.m. and then have your longer fast and see how that works for you. But you kind of have no business fasting if you aren't sleeping well, if it's not working for you. I mean, clearly it's not working if you're trying to do these things. And if you don't have enough energy to meet your the demands of your body, then fasting is a terrible idea because it just shoves us further into metabolic chaos, into fat storage. Um, so that's number one, the biggest reason that is so critical that, that you understand in why you're falling off the wagon every afternoon or every Thursday or every evening or every weekend, right? It's because you don't have enough energy in the tank and we got to fix that. Number two is that your mindset around nutrition is wrong. It's off. You're using food as comfort and joy when it isn't meant to be that way which, I'm, and I'm going to say this lovingly to you because I was there, that makes it abuse. When we use something in a way it's not meant to be used, it's being abused, right? We're abusing it. Food and alcohol are not meant to be a source of comfort or a source of fun and pleasure. That's a really dangerous, slippery slope. Life is about way more than those things, right? Love and connection and activity and purpose. And I found for me, I knew when I started realizing that the only joy in my life was the glass of wine I had at the end of the day, the cup of coffee in the morning and the afternoon chocolate, I needed to get a better life. I had some real hard eye to eye in the mirror looking at myself to do. Because if that is the only joy, only thing bringing joy in my life, 
then I was missing what life was about, right? And that's sometimes a pretty hard pill to swallow, but it's just true. If alcohol or again, or sugar or your coffee is, is the thing that's bringing you happiness and not the connection you have with your partner or not the, the purpose you have in your career or not the depth of relationship you have with your kids or not, you know, any number of things there, you know, not settling in and reading a book because you love it so much or diving into a hobby that you find so interesting. If you aren't making space and time for joy and pleasure in your life, now is that time to start doing that because using food or alcohol or caffeine or shopping or whatever to fill a void of joy or, or a need for comfort is a slippery slope, my friend, and it only causes more havoc and stress in the body. All right. And number three, and this is a big one. You already, you pro- you're probably already like, Bria, those were already big. <laughs> I was going through all of these things, by the way. Number three, you're avoiding the real problem. So when we abuse food, sometimes we use food and and alcohol and sugar and these things that are tough substances on our body. We use them, right, as comfort and as joy. And sometimes we use them to avoid what is really going on, right? This is often happens, I think, with drinking or, or sugar because sugar creates that massive dopamine hit right away, right? Like we're so desperate to not feel stressed about what we're going. And it is not realistic to think we're going to go all year long without having stressful times. Of course, that's very real. But if you're experiencing chronic stress where you're needing to use food to calm that stress, to check out, right, to numb, you know, food and Netflix to numb, to really just check out from the week because it's just been such a hard week, then there's a bigger issue there that you're not dealing with. And it's time to remove the toxic things and realize that that, like that relationship, your relationship with food or alcohol or whatever it might be that's numbing is actually a toxic relationship. And it's time to really get to the root of the issue. What is it that's keeping you chronically stressed? I mean, that's the kind of work that we do, of course, in Midlife Mojo and my one-on-one coaching and or, or that you might do with a therapist. It's, it's, it's bigger pieces and I don't recommend you do it alone. You know, it's really important to, to reach out for help and invest in help when you're struggling with avoiding the real problem. Okay, so what do we do about it? Those are our main issues. One, you're not eating for your energy demand, you're using food as comfort and joy, or you're avoiding a real problem in your life, and we need to deal with those things. So what do we actually do? Number one, start eating more earlier in the day. Okay, scale back on your intense workouts and focus on sleep and prioritize fun and joy something bigger than you, right? We really need to look at those things. So eating more earlier in the day absolutely looks like at like eating within two to two hours of waking, eating four to five hours later and eating enough in those meals so that you are satisfied until four to five hours later when you start to get hungry again. That's how you know you've eaten enough. So you want to make sure you're eating more in those earlier meals. And look, if you over, if you feel like you overeat in this process of understanding how much is too much and how much is enough, 
then you can have a lighter dinner because you don't need energy after dinner. You need less energy after dinner, right? But the whole of our day happens, all the stress, all the activity, all the workout, all the connection, all the talking, all the thinking, all the to-dos on our to-do list, those happen from when we wake up until about two hours after dinner. So most of it's happening on that reserve. And if you're not eating enough earlier in the day, you're absolutely running out of energy. And again, we really want to prioritize looking at, at finding purpose in our life again, looking for, for joy and connection in something bigger than ourselves. Now is that time because we're, our bodies in perimenopause are like physiologically primed for opportunity and change and clarity and purpose because of the shifting of our hormones. We are no longer being driven so subconsciously by reproduction, we can have other dreams and goals. Um, And I don't mean that so literally. If you didn't have kids or if you never wanted kids, you know, whatever. Like it's not about whether you do or not. It's just that we have this fundamental physiological drive subconsciously going. That's what our hormones are designed to do. And that, that, that starts to settle in perimenopause. And that's the gift. Now we have the opportunity to think about other things other than, you know, serving the people around us and pleasing the people and making sure everything's okay and, and dealing with procreation. <laughs> All right. And the other thing you can do is really commit to addressing the real problem. And look, from my heart to yours, the real problem could be that you can't stop drinking or that you are miserable in your career or that you don't have a purpose or that you're lonely and you need to heal or deal with your relationship, your most intimate relationship, or maybe there's stress going on with one of your kiddos. There's always a bigger issue going on that you're avoiding and you can dress it up and down all you want. But it only gets bigger until you decide to make the change. And I do recommend getting help around those changes because it's very hard to go alone at things. And it's much faster and easier to do it with someone else that can help you. This is the gift of perimenopause. The shifting of these hormones aren't the curse of aging. They're the gift of being the straw that breaks the camel's back. They gave you enough chances, right? Our hormones have given, like at 45 or 35 to 55, we've been years where our body has been telling us things through our hormones and we were too busy to pay attention. And now they're making it very hard for you to ignore them, which is why you can't sleep at night, why you're having hot flashes, why you're having night sweats, why you're gaining weight in an unexplained way, why you feel like you're aging so fast. It's not about just getting older. It's about the fact that, Your body is telling you it's time to change. So don't ignore them, sister. It's time for you to make these changes. All right. I hope that helped you in one way or another. Please let me know if it did and share this episode if if it did. But most importantly, if you haven't taken the quiz, are your hormones holding you back? Go and take it, swipe up, grab it from the show notes, go and take that quiz right now and make sure you get clear because in the quiz I've created based on your answers and where what your result is, I've curated some podcasts that are going to specific podcast episodes that are going to help you now that I have 160, there's a lot of them. Um, and also like giving you a, a, like a real free guide in there to get you started so that you understand how to take the steps. And of course, as always, reach out if you need me, send me a DM. I 
love to talk about this stuff. I love connecting. I really want to help you shift this mindset and thrive in your body like I can. At 42, I feel better than I ever did in my 20s. So go take the quiz, send me a message, go out and be more in your life and not just less on a scale. We'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.